0: Hello my friends, welcome back. My guest today is Jim Mullane, the man behind Get Better With Books, the fastest growing self-help and bookstagram page on all of Instagram. And today we're talking about reading. A lot of you may have a reading habit you want to improve or want to start getting into reading books more effectively. And I wanted to get a hold of the number one man, on Instagram to find out how to do it. So yeah, expect to learn how to start a reading habit. Some of the common errors that Jim sees when people begin reading a whole bunch of his favorite books, both from fiction, nonfiction, biography and other stuff uh, that he runs us through. It's really good. Uh, I love this episode and every book that Jim mentions, is linked in the show notes below on Amazon, so follow those. If you find one of the books that you think is interesting, just go into the show notes, click the link, and it'll take you straight there on Amazon. In other news, the response to me saying that we might start a Patreon was pretty overwhelming, so me and Video Guideen have decided that we're going to do it. We are going to start a Modern Wisdom Patreon. It will allow you guys to support the show. It will mean that you can have direct contact with us. You can vote on future topics, guests that you want us to see. We'll have a discussion board as well so we can talk about every episode. We can do live Q&As, we can do behind the scenes stuff, we can do exclusive content. We can literally do whatever you want. So yeah, that is going to launch within the next few weeks. So if you have any ideas or suggestions for what you think we should feature on Patreon, I would love to hear them. Message me at chriswillx wherever you follow me. I absolutely can't wait to start this community and also to get you guys involved in the way that the show operates. All right, quick maths. The less that your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service... The more margin you have, the more money that you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing 1,000 companies have already made the move, so do the maths and see how you will profit with NetSuite. Back by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash modern right now. That's netsuite.com slash modern. Oh, we made it. I've got to go and set up an entire Patreon, so I'm going to go do that. But while I do... Let's get better with books with the wise and wonderful Jim Mullane. Jim Mullane, how are you,
1: my friend? Pleasant, doing well, enjoying my uh, lockdown. In style here in my sweatpants and my sweatshirt, doing well.
0: Enjoying that that new moustache?
1: It's not new. Unfortunately, it's all I can grow.
0: That is, that's some serious tash going on there.
1: Yeah, so I like to tell people I'm a little follically challenged, so I like to overcompensate with the moustache because it grabs people's attention and then it veers the attention away from the fact that's all I can grow. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) focus on your strengths. I get it, man. Peacocking, but only above the lip.
1: Yes, eyes
0: eyes up here. (laughs) Yeah, up top, up top. Um, So your Instagram account, which is what a lot of people listening might know you for, Get Better With Books. How would you describe, what is that? What is Get Better With Books?
1: Get Better With Books is currently the fastest growing Instagram page focused specifically on self-help, personal development, business-related books. It really just started as a, a creative endeavor where I could combine my, my interest in photography and my interest in reading and have, have something to do outside of my day job. But uh, I've been doing it for almost two years now. May 15th will be my two-year anniversary running the page. And uh, I think as of today, I'm a little over 85,000 followers. So I'm a little dumbfounded of uh, how quickly it's grown and, and the fact that people enjoy seeing content specifically around books. But uh, it's been a fun, fun journey so far.
0: Why do you think it is popular?
1: I think it for a couple different reasons. Number one, it it speaks to uh, the attitudes of a lot of people out there, not just um, in the U.S. but internationally speaking. If you take a look at some of the uh, the data that I get to pull from the Instagram account, I'd say a third of my audience is U.S. based, but the thirds in Europe. Uh, I'd say overwhelming majority of people are from India. And I think it speaks to the psychographic of certain people who are just focused on developing themselves as an individual, right? They use books as a tool to to better themselves. And I think it speaks to uh, a lot of people who love reading, but more importantly, improving themselves.
0: Yeah, for sure. How many books have you read? Do you know? <laughs> uh, I, I haven't kept
1: count, unfortunately. You know I, one I'd of l- these
0: people that's like religious on Good Goodreads or
1: anything yeah. like that? No, I, I don't uh, keep an active Goodreads account. But if I would estimate how many books that I've read in my lifetime, I'd say probably like 150, 160 books. And I think uh, last year and the year before were really the first two years that I've actually kept track of how many books I've read. So last year, I think I got up to 50 for the course of the year. And the year before I was at you know, a little over 30. Um, and it's important to to also acknowledge the fact that these these metrics, like how many books that you you've read, or how quickly you read books, I think that can be a distraction for a lot of people, right? They they see books as as almost like a vanity metric, right? Like how many books have you read in total? Um, and I, I have this conversation with a lot of other book Instagram accounts that I I see as cohorts, and we we almost see that as as a disdain, right? Like if you read a hundred books in a month, but you don't you don't retain anything right is is it is it worth it or are you just using that metric to you know as like as a feather in your cap if you will
0: yeah well i mean in this age now this sort of burgeoning underground movement the the new aphorists that are coming out that like the maxim you know this show is called modern wisdom i am part of the fucking problem as far as that <laughs> bit's concerned you know like but my, my, thanks chris there is there is like a um there is a, a an ongoing subculture now of people that i think are kind of repatriating wisdom you know mm-hmm. like kind of falling back into the the um timeless understandings of the principles that we should live our life by trying to uncover uncover what we are who we are why we like the things we like why the world operates the way that it does mm-hmm. um and you're totally correct as well that by reading a lot, or by saying that you read a lot, you know never know if someone actually does read two books a week or whatever uh, by either saying that you read a lot or reading a lot you um you get to have the the proxy, you get to have the veneer of looking wise mm. whilst not ever having to deploy any wisdom.
1: You know what I mean yeah, it's it's an interesting juxtaposition of the two right because you have the 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 short morsels of, of wisdom that you get from social media and you overlay that with the long form content which is inherently in books right and comparing the two on the surface it, it, it almost seems like it doesn't mix right like how can you surmise uh, a 300 and 400 page book uh, you know like 12 R- rules of life right jordan peterson for example right and you see uh, he's very popular on social media but it's hard to distill wisdom in a book like that in you know an in, in instagram post mm-hmm. right so it's an interesting dynamic between the two but i also think it's a good opportunity to just expose more people to the benefits of reading because um, there are a lot of people who come to my account and they ask me questions they're like hey bro like I just started reading a couple months ago. Like, what books would you recommend to a, a beginner? And for someone like me, I, I don't see myself as an expert, right? Like, I'm, I'm just someone who who likes reading, and I have an Instagram page. It's like, apparently, that makes me an expert. Mm-hmm. But at, at the end of the day, they, there are a handful of books that I always go to as, hey, you're new to reading. Here are a few that you should consider reading. So, um I guess yes, I am I am somewhat of a book expert if you follow my Instagram page.
0: I get it, yeah. We are going to get into that. We've got all of the recommendations and that will be coming in a little bit. Uh, but cool. first, uh, what I wanted to ask was what are the common mistakes that you think people make or perhaps the ones that you made as well when building a reading habit? Because before you read the books that you might recommend to people, right. there has to be a habit to be able to actually get through them.
1: Absolutely. I, I think the first... Mistake that I come across from um, a lot of new people is they they feel like you have to finish a book, right? If you come across a book that was highly recommended and Maybe you just don't find it interesting. It doesn't pick your 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 nerve or it doesn't strike your nerve at all You feel like you are forced to finish it from end to end, right? And that's one of the biggest mistakes because if if you are not interested in a book, it's gonna feel like a chore, right? It's not gonna feel like something that you're you're actually getting a lot of benefit from so if you don't like a book please do not waste the time. I mean, it's kind of like watching a movie. If you're sitting at home watching Netflix and you come across a movie and 10, 15 minutes into it, you just don't like it. You don't sit through the, the next 45, 50 minutes, right? So it's, <laughs> it shouldn't be anything different than, than reading a book. And I think a lot of people just have this attitude that I have to finish a book. Yeah, which is, that so, is it
0: just sunk cost fallacy? Is it that people see it as a badge
1: of honor to get through a difficult book? Sometimes it, there there's a lot of uh, public uh, relations when it comes to like, hey, say, I'm going to read this book and I need to save face by by actually finishing it from start to end. Where having a, a little bit of uh, self confidence to say like, you know, what? I did not like this book. I I wanted to put it down and I wanted to start something that I'm interested. In. So um, it's it's really just being comfortable with yourself to say, yeah, I'm not digging this. I'm going to put it down.
0: Yeah, it's uh, the the other thing as well. This came from Kamal Ravikant, uh, a Conversation I had with him. And he said um, 90% of self-development books should have been – sorry, uh, 50% of self-development books should have been an article and 49% should have been a tweet. Yeah, absolutely. And then 1% which actually needed 300 pages, 400 mm-hmm. pages to pad out the concept. John Peterson's is a, a good example or anything by Taleb. Like mm. you, you, there's not really it's not about that the one thing you know right. yeah. like digital, yeah, I, I, digital yeah. minimalism by Cal yep. Newport should have mm-hmm. been an article. Now don't right. get me wrong, you can have this. Here's a strategy, and it's a workbook and a course or whatever that you want to sit on the side. Mm. But that that could have been long blog post,
1: right? And if you if you read a lot more books, you come to that realization that most of the books that you read they're either similar in a lot of ways or just like you said. They probably could have been summarized in a page or uh, maybe in a YouTube video. And I think one of the (laughs) books in in a hot hot take here, and I I actually get a lot of flack on Instagram for this, is uh, there's a book, Start With Why, by Simon Sinek. Uh, It's widely popular in in the bookstagram fear and and people say, this is a life-changing book. And I came across the book, and I said, this is – Mildly interesting, but I think it's very superficial. I I think it's very redundant and I wasn't a huge fan of this and I was I've been very public about my stance about that book. And that just goes to your to your fact that not not everyone has the same opinions on popular books. And I think it's very important to to be upfront with yourself to not not pretend that you enjoy a book just because it's popular. But um, to to your point about these books that could be uh, maybe summarized in a blog post. Yeah, that's that was that was oh, one of I, I think there's a a 4 or 5 minute video on on youtube about the the start with why concept by him talking in a in a ted talk so anyone who has not read start with why i would say just check out his youtube video and if it's if it's something that piques your interest a little bit more then maybe pick up the book so yeah. hopefully i saved you a couple of days of reading there
0: yeah yeah for sure um mark manson the subtle art like mm. just didn't get it man just didn't mm. i'm like okay mark you keep swearing cool like (laughs) that's where you draw the line you just wouldn't he just kept on swearing i was like i get it like this is a book that's about swearing um and and like that was it but then models by him how to attract women through honesty is amazing and that couldn't have been a tweet that couldn't have been a a blog post or an article Mm -hmm. any guys listening who uh want to kind of up their game especially as we're about to re-release ourselves back out of lockdown uh models by mark manson is like the pick-up artistry book for people that don't want to be seedy pick-up artists it's right. about how to maximise your confidence, how to actually be a fuller version of you and the basics of attraction between men and women and uh, I think it's great, but Subtle Art mm. I was like, alright Mark
1: and I think it's, it's important to understand that you don't, again, you don't have to like every book that's popular on, on social media. And uh, when it comes to enjoying books, I think a lot of it has to do with not only the content, but the, the author's writing style, right? You can come across an author that you just truly vibe with how they write. And regardless of what the content is, you could sit down for hours and hours at a day just because of the writing style. It's so enjoyable, right? Who are, there's, who are there's some
0: a, of those authors for you.
1: Uh, number one that comes to mind is david brooks um he wrote a couple books uh the road to character which is easily in my top 10 books it's it's more that self-help book but it's more uh emphasizing true virtues right like um, living with with chivalry and just living with honor and as opposed to focusing on the external virtues right of, of of commerce and and status right it's more important to to be upfront with yourself and what you truly believe in so the road to character david brooks uh, i think he was uh, a a columnist in the new york times so just a, a tremendous writer someone that i truly enjoy um but another writer that's uh, i'm starting to absolutely adore uh, robin sharma Right. I'm, I'm sure you guys are all film familiar with uh, the 5am club uh this this little okay
0: yeah, yeah. dandy
1: right here the 5am club so i've this was one of the books that I came across just because I, I saw it all over Instagram, right? Like I'm, I'm human too. I, I pick up my, my future reads just based off of what i am seen on social media and social proof, right? If people are raving about a book, there's probably a reason why um, it's so popular. And that was one of the books. And so far I'm, I just started reading it a couple of days ago. There's, there's a certain storytelling vibe, right? And you, you, you come across a, a writer who can easily detail um, certain intricate, parts of, of a relationship or certain nuances in body language, right? When you can read how a writer is detailing a whole scene and an atmosphere and a mood, you you almost forget that you're reading, right? Yeah, like yeah. you're, it's almost like you're watching a movie and it's those types of books that are more of story focused as opposed to, you know, the, the point by point by point self-help books that sometimes aren't as enjoyable to read. Um, these are, are type the, the stories that I've, I've definitely been a lot more accustomed to recently.
0: I love that. Okay, so we know that you're not supposed to think that you need to finish a book. That mm-hmm. is a bad habit. Uh what else before we get onto how to build a reading habit? Are there any other like common errors that people are making when they when they start out?
1: I think uh, another common error is just focusing on the metrics, right? You you get in this idea that I have to read uh 50 books this year. Or I have to read two books a month because the latest Business Insider.com article said the most successful people are reading X amount of books per month. And I think I'm successful, so I need to live up to that metric, right? So I think beholding yourself to some of those external metrics and I call vanity metrics, it almost loses, you lose sight of why you're reading in the first place, right? Like At the end of the day, you want to pick up a book to either learn something new, to expand your wisdom, expand your perspective. And if those ideas, those thoughts are clouded by simply, I need to finish this book faster so I can get to my next one. <laughs> it's, it's counterproductive. So I think just, things, right? yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think it's more important to just remind yourself why you're reading in the first place, as opposed to, like you just mentioned, like having, having like a tally mark next to how many books you read just for vanity purposes.
0: Yeah, I, I think I love the analogy, and it's not one that I've thought of before about if you were watching a bad movie, mm. you know, like I'm ruthless on Netflix, man. I oh, was so ruth. I'm straight out of there. I'm pressing the back button, telling everyone I'm sat with that it. it's absolutely terrible. So uh, and yeah, and, and it's the same, you know, with books. I think um <clears throat> Ryan Holiday when he reverse interviewed Tim Ferriss on the Tim Ferriss show, they talked about reading quite a lot, it might be an interesting one for you. And uh I think his heuristic is if you are um whatever a hundred pages minus your age into a book Mm. and you haven't wanted to send a photo of one of the passages to a buddy going like oh my god dude like you've got to see mm. this um that like that that's the rule that he uses and i really interesting. like interesting i really like that and i'm thinking back to some of the stuff that's got me recently so robert writes the moral animal just mm. plain took my head off i was like two pages in and yeah. i just on my highlights on kindle like just the whole yeah. page was highlighted yeah. and i'm like I, Ryan, you know what you're on about, man. I get it. So yeah, you, you, you're totally correct. Having the courage to put a book down despite what every else says, right. despite whether it's supposed to be cool, despite whether you loved their first book. Mm-hmm. I loved Mark Manson's models. So mm-hmm. a lot of not giving a fuck. Couldn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> I always wanted to say that. Um, okay, so that's how we don't build a reading habit. How do we build a reading habit? Where do we start?
1: It starts with just being upfront about what your interests are, right? So if you, you take a look at the Get Better With Books page, there's an obvious emphasis on self-help, uh, personal development, business, right? Maybe personal finance books. Uh, it's, it's unintended, but I've, I've catered towards a specific demographic of, you know, 18 to, to 34 males, right? College-educated males, people who either have a steady career or are either getting into the workforce and are, are interested in, in upping their game. Right. That's that's, again, unintended about how how I started and where I'm catered to. But at the end of the day, that's that's not the interest of everybody out there. Right. There are people who follow my page that are, you know, the 45 year old woman from from Pakistan. Right. And she may not give a fuck about, uh, you know, what Dave Ramsey says about uh, total money makeovers. Right. And that's OK. Right. And, and back to your question about how to build a reading habit. It's you need to be very honest with yourself about what you're interested in. And starting from you know, having an idea of what, what piques your interest, I think if you can choose topics and, and books and, and authors that are focused on those interests, that is the best way to build a reading habit because then it does not feel like a chore. It really just feels like a, a leisure activity. And once you can start building up a couple books specifically focusing on a topic that you're interested in and you get that reading habit, then you can start peering into the periphery about okay well what's this uh you know this business stuff zero to one peter till like what's what's that about or, or ray dalio principles like i see that all the time and then reading starts to feel like less like a chore but you can also uh, expand your knowledge by reading stuff that you're not normally reading
0: yeah no one goes into the gym and looks at like the big buff guy in the corner and says yeah gonna what, what are you lifting there mate right okay i'll put that on my barbell and i'll have a crack and yeah. I, i've fucked my shit up like yeah. you know, that's that's what happens um yep. so uh, i again with that like it's it's common sense and that the naval quote the naval quote about reading uh read what you love until you love to read uh and exactly. then david perel piggybacked off the back of that the other day with his writing course he's got going at the moment he says write what you love until you love to write Mm. um and the the same could be done for exercise it's do the mm-hmm. exercise that you love until you love to exercise as well like the easiest training plan is the one that doesn't feel like you've got to go and train exactly um, so okay so we know that we need to pick books like in mm-hmm. terms of topic wise what do i do next
1: next and if you're really serious about building the reader habit it's it's just like anything else like you need to set aside time that you want to dedicate towards building that habit, right? So I think you use the gym analogy all the time. And I I like to equate reading to building a strong, you know, habit in the gym, right? Like you don't start bench pressing 315 pounds overnight, right? You have to work your way towards it. But at the same time, you don't do chest exercises seven days in a row, right? You need to have some sort of balance when it comes to your reading habit. So a lot of people people that um, are asking for book recommendations, a lot of time I just tell them, hey, be open about exploring new topics that you're not normally uh, accustomed to. And here's an example for me. So I, I obviously read a lot of personal development, self-help, business-type books. Um, and a couple months ago at my sister's wedding, my uncle, who had no idea I was running this page, I told him, I was like, hey, hey Frank, I, I would like you to know that I run a, a semi-successful book page on Instagram, <laughs> you know, a couple drinks in. but spouting my, my confidence there. And he's like, okay, I got a couple book recommendations for you. And these two books could not have been farther off the beaten path from the shit that I usually read. One of them was the, the, the Zen art of uh, motorcycle maintenance, yep, right? It's yep. one of those legendary, uh, I, I don't even know how to begin to describe that type of book. But I remember just reading the book and to, to the point about getting into the book early, I was so just dumbfounded at what the fuck this book was about. I had no idea what it was about, but I couldn't stop reading it. Yeah. Right, so I think it's it's super important to time in and time out to just expose yourself to stuff that you're not accustomed to reading, because that will spark some interest in again that periphery. You're like, huh, that actually is interesting. I don't know why I would I would come across metaphysics and the reason of meaning, you know. And you can get lost in chapters and chapters in the, in that book about what is meaning, what is the definition of meaning. I have never thought about that in my 32 years, but that did spark a little bit of curiosity. And I would not have come across that question if I was not open to taking a recommendation from someone, um, just, just to open up my, my perspective a little bit.
0: What was the second book?
1: The second book was called uh, Thunder at Twilight. I, I forget the name of the author, but it was a historical work based off of Vienna pre-World War I. So it's a lot to do with uh, Austrian politics, Austrian economy. Uh, there's a lot of historical uh, features. Uh, you know, if you're familiar with with and in, in, in Vienna pre World War One, I'm sure Chris, you're you're very uh, up to date on on that specific yeah, uh, time that's, of that's the world. That's
0: uh, literally my wheelhouse, man. I go uh, sometimes. I wake up on a morning and, and just start thinking about it. Yeah
1: and uh, and that's that's one of those books where the writing completely lost me right like i i was not into it um there's a lot of historical references a lot of geological references right like certain areas of austria that they're just riveting off like you're in a conversation with someone who knew and i'm like uh what wh- what am i what am i doing here like what am i reading <laughs> uh, but to to my earlier point as to why i had actually read it there was a lot of social pressure as to why i forced myself to finish it because i was a part and part of a book club with uh with my sister and my dad and my uncle who actually recommended that book so i felt a lot of pressure to finish this book because if i didn't they'd be like dude the hell like i just recommended this book and you didn't even read it asshole. so uh there are some times when i do succumb to to social pressure in terms of finishing a book even though i hate it
0: yeah i I understand completely so we need to set time aside for it. How? My suggestion. I don't know how you do it, but as someone again who's I'm total noob to as far as sort of the reading journey goes. But uh, my best way is part of the morning routine. Put it in mm-hmm. the morning routine. Uh, set a timer for twenty minutes and read for twenty minutes. And yep. Um, because I like to go back over stuff quite a lot. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. quite concerned about retention. Um, yep. that can sometimes maybe even only be like fifteen pages uh yeah. and then sometimes it may be more like if it's like fiction or something it might be 30. uh right. actually it tends tends to not be uh fiction on the morning another habit as well another s- suggestion for people is to read non-fiction by day and read fiction by night mm. i tend to find that or not necessarily fiction but like a non-fiction story or biographies by night basically not personal development by night you know if you're trying to really get your mind going about how to upgrade your personal finances or this psychological Mm. strategy for building a business or working on yourself sending yourself to sleep with that to Mm. me doesn't always put me in the quite quite the right sort of mood whereas if i'm just imagining this world or this story or this journal of something that's going on that can make a bit of a difference
1: yeah, and I've heard similar talk tracks about combining both audiobooks and physical books in the same manner, right? Like you use physical books for self-help, business, and, and personal development, and you use audiobooks for more of those biographies, memoirs, fiction, things that are easier to digest, right? And um, at the end of the day, it's whatever works best for you. There's no one right way to, to consume books, whether if it's audiobooks or, or reading at night, reading in the morning. As long as you are doing it, you're going to see some benefit from it.
0: How do we
1: retain what we read? It's a good question. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges that I often have too. And I, I make some references to this in, in my, uh, my get better with books page. And I, I kind of joke at it that retaining books is very challenging, right? Like so often that you come across a book that you're like, damn, that was awesome. I love that book. And then two weeks later, someone's like, Hey Jim, like how's that book? And you're like, um, so, uh, you know, it, it was good. There's a guy, there's a, uh, it's good. I recommend a, it. To, yeah. I recommend it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's it. <laughs> So I mean it's it's natural that it happens uh, to everyone right to to people who don't admit it it's it's very challenging to retain the stuff that you read that being said you do have to be very proactive about making sure there are key concepts that you you want to keep with you and the process that I go through it's it's just three simple steps number one is I always read with a, a pencil or a, a highlighter some sort of a writing apparatus with me so every single time I come across something that that makes me pause that makes me go hmm or you know that's interesting let me let me expand on that. Something that just tugs on that tugs on that string of of curiosity, I underline it, write it down, and make sure I, I fold a page down on on the corner. Uh, so at the end of each chapter or at the end of the book, and it kind of depends on on the book you know, how I w- I want to parse that out. But I always go back to the important parts every single time I finish a book. Right, make sure that I'm taking the time to to digest the important parts so I can. Retain that, right? That's the whole that's the whole goal here. So if I can take everything that I underlined or, or jotted down, I, I either put it in a notebook or I use note cards. Right. So I'll I'll take maybe a stack of like three or four note cards. And I, I did this for Ego is the enemy by Ryan Holiday, and I have them right on the corner of my window windowsill over there, and I try to read them at least once a week. And that's that's the important part is you, you underline everything, you write it down in some sort of notebook or, or note card. But I think the most important thing is you have to revisit them constantly, right? There's no way that you're gonna remember something if you don't constantly remind yourself of the importance of it. So for me personally, what I do is I keep those stack of note cards and uh, you know once or twice a week, if I have a little free time, I'll just like to, to cycle through them and reread them and be like, hmm, that is interesting. I, I need to focus more on that or, yeah, you know, based off of what I know now, maybe that's not as important as I thought. Maybe I'll put it in, in, in the back of the pile, but it's, it's very important to constantly keep it top of mind.
0: It's an interesting analog approach that you've got. So Bookcision or Readwise or Bookly or you know any mm-hmm. of these different apps that either integrate with an iOS reading app, that integrate with Kindle, that integrate with a Paperwhite, that allow you to export your highlights automatically and then they'll email them to you every day and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, have you, Is that just a, a disposition of yours that you've preferred to go analog rather than digital
1: with both the books you get and the way that you do your highlighting? Yeah. It's just my, my preference. And I think a lot of that has to do with the, the physical aspect of writing it down just helps to ingrain those messages that much more, right? If I'm just simply highlighting something on a Kindle and I, I don't use a Kindle at all. And most, most of my book reading is either through audiobook or, or physical book, right? So if I can physically underline something, and if I can physically write it down and, and go through that process, I think it helps ingrain that message that much more as opposed to just doing everything digitally.
0: Yeah. Um, your retention or the way that you find audiobooks books versus uh, normal books, reading, mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. did you, do you stick to what you said before where you've got more story narrative style stuff on audio and more kind yep. of personal development stuff on, on books? Yep. That's, that's it. I have to say like having developed a reading habit, worked real hard to develop whatever semblance of a reading habit I've got <laughs> um, over the last sort of three to four years, my retention from reading something physically versus listening to it isn't even in the same universe
1: right yeah and i think a lot of that has to do with with having more of a an active versus a passive approach to the reading process itself right if you're just you're listening to an audio book and you know, maybe you're doing some chores, so you're doing some yard work or something like that. It's a, it's really passive, but if you are reading a physical book, and again, this is just this is my personal preference. There's no one right way to do this, uh, but me personally having to be proactive about what I pick and choose to put in my notebook and being proactive to physically pick up these note cards, I, I think just being more active in that process helps to retain. At least in my opinion,
0: I think as well we need to so much of this is individual right there might be someone listening who's got perfect retention of what they consume on audio and i have fantastic (laughs) retention what i consume through podcasts i can tell you like the type of fire hydrant outside of chris delia's house like you know all the total useless information which i what kind of fire
1: hydrant was it uh
0: it's a silver one because he lives in beverly hills and in beverly Ah. hills you get silver fire hydrants
1: Someday. Someday we'll have Bro, our nice. Know, yeah.
0: Um so you know, just like random stuff. And it's like um I can pick that up through podcasts. Yeah. Audiobooks retention's a little bit less, I feel less involved, there's less energy going on, um, in my in my opinion. Um but if I'm not so bothered about retention and it's more the overall feel, um yeah. and again that relates to the type of book, right? If there's right. Yeah. a core lesson, which is the whole book trying to give it to you with a number of different stories. Yeah. Perhaps an audiobook would be great for that. Whereas if it's like, you know, if it's the ten things you need to do to complete your X, yeah. you're only gonna get like maybe one or two if that's not the yeah. style that you
1: learn in. Um yeah, exactly. And you do a good job at, at reminding people that there is no one right way to do it, but also to the point that certain books out there are just so much harder to retain, right? Like if you've if you've read Robert Greene's 48 Laws of Power, right? There's so many different laws and a lot of them are contradictory you're like hey uh law 13 you told me something else and law 17 it's completely different so i think it's important to distill what type of book it is but also at the same time just just cut yourself some slack you're not going to remember it if you
0: i'll tell you what is a terrible audiobook to listen to thinking fast and slow
1: it's a, it's a challenging read if, if you actually sit down and read it too it's challenging regardless of how you consume it
0: yeah the way because there's so many mental uh exercises and it's like look at these this list of letters on either side of the page and you're listening to it and you're like and someone (laughs) told me someone had said bro you don't want to you don't want to try and listen to that book and i was like no fuck you it's 20 hours plus like i'm listening to this i'm not reading (laughs) this and then sure enough i was (laughs) an hour into it and i was like i don't know what's going on i don't know who anybody is i think he got married to her like i don't know. So okay okay right yeah. we're we're into the meat of it. This is what everybody came for, so let's say that I'm getting into reading personal development mm. what What gets me through the door? What's the entrance ticket into the world of personal development? Where do I start?
1: I think the first book that I always recommend people is Atomic Habits by James Clear uh, for a lot of reasons right it's It's one of those books that's easy to read. It's not convoluted in, in the messaging, but also the language to to convey the lessons, but there's actionable insights, right? And I gauge a lot of how I see a book based off of how easy it is to consume, but also how easy it was is how easy it is to implement. Right. And atomic habits is just an A plus in both of those regards. I mean, it's something, and I was actually just thinking about this today because a little plug for get better with books. I'm building out a YouTube account. My first video that I'm planning right now is all about the five uh, life-changing books that I've come across and Atomic Habits was one of them. And one of the key components that I always remind myself about Atomic Habits is having an identity-based habit system. And I mean, you see you're nodding your head because this is something that uh, if you're in that personal development sphere, it's, it's something you take very serious, right? Like if you want to build a better reading habit, rather than just being like, oh, I need to do this and this to become a better reader. Rather than doing that, you should just focus on seeing yourself as a reader, identifying yourself as a reader, but then also taking it one step further and thinking, what would a reader do? Right. So almost reverse engineering that habit by identifying yourself as someone who's already had that and then going forward with small little wins. Right. And that's just a, a quick snippet of a of, uh, Atomic Habits, and it's just one of those books that every single person I've come across has, has come back universally saying, this this was a fucking awesome, awesome it's book. Thank you for recommending it, yes.
0: The fact that it's so new does it mm-hmm. a disservice, I think.
1: It, know, in a, there's, in a there's way... A, there's a Lindy, yeah.
0: the, the Lindy argument that you should be reading books that are the classics. Right. Um, and the, the, that is... The antidote to the fact that there is a lot of self-development books that come out all the time and you need to be careful, um, mm-hmm. in what you invest your time in. But obviously that puts new classics mm-hmm. on the back foot and atomic yep. habit, atomic habits
1: can be read in, in 20, 30 years time, 100%. Yep. So that's always uh, near the top of the list for me. And that, to add on top of that, in terms of easy takeaways, the number two book that I always recommend, it's, uh, it is is a classic, back to that, how long has this book been available for? Dale Carnegie's uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. So this is a, a staple in that self-development, personal self-help regimen, right, if you will. Um, that book's been around for close to 100 years now, and it, it is still on the- the top of the bestsellers list because of how, again, easy it is to digest and how easy it is to implement it into your daily life. And how I came across this book was an interesting story. So I just graduated college. It was, um, you know, gosh, almost eight nine years ago. Um, had no idea what I was doing with my future, right? Like it's just aimlessly wandering around my my uh, my early twenty year old existence, right? And um, I was. Puttering around at my house, and I was walking through my dad's old office. He used to he run his own business from the basement of my, my parents' house. So when he moved out, he left all of his books there. So I was just going through uh, some of his old books, and I came across his book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting, right? I just based a book by its cover quite literally there. So I picked it up, I read it in uh, probably a couple days time. And it really changed my perspective, mainly on how you communicate with people, number one. But number two, having the perspective to see how your message is perceived by the other person's eyes, right? If you can communicate with someone and not be all about me, 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 but rather look from their perspective as to why would this person even want to talk to me? Well, most likely they want to talk about themselves, right? People are inherently selfish and they want to talk about themselves, right? That's just the nature of people. So if you can use that to your advantage, uh, one of the key adages that I always use from, from How to Win Friends and Influence People is to be interesting, be interested. So if you are talking to someone and you can genuinely be interested in what they're saying and you say, hey, tell me a little bit more about that. Oh, that's that's fascinating. How is, that, how is that impacting your life? And really just having that perspective of how is this conversation beneficial to that person? People will come away from that conversation being like, holy shit, Jim is a great conversationalist, even though that person just talked 45 minutes about, about themselves.
0: themselves. Yeah, I can't remember the book that this is in Oh, this is going to kill me. You might be able to tell me. Um, there was a study done uh, where they put a guy on a plane and they said, we need you to sit, I need you to speak to the person next to you for the entire flight. And it's like an eight-hour flight. Like, Don't let them, You don't. Want, they're not allowed to look at the screen, they're not allowed to look out, the, like just c- get their attention. But yeah. You're not allowed to tell them anything about you, not even your name. Uh. Not allowed to tell them anything about you. And anyway, <clears throat> we get off and they do a little survey afterwards and uh, they're going up to all of the passengers but it's this particular guy that they're looking for. And they get to yep. the person he was speaking to and they say, "Uh hello sir, we're just going around today just doing a little bit of a survey just wanted to ask how your flight was and who you were sat next to and what you talked about." And he said, "Oh, I was sat next to this amazing guy. He, he's such a such a phenomenal guy. Like you know, it's just it was, it was a classic conversation. He said, "Oh, that's brilliant. Would you be able to tell us his name?" And the guy uh, like, "Uh uh, uh, uh no, and you that that just drills it home, right? You know, people yep. like people like to talk about themselves, and I think as well, like it's not often that people are interested. Like this is a catastrophe that plays off the back of something which is real pervasive. That mm-hmm. um, uh, you don't often get people that are interested. So when you do, you're like, oh, I yeah. fucking shit! Like, I get to, I can open myself up and I can talk about. it. Uh, they're not it. Can, staring at their phone while they're talking. Can to play them. with ideas. That's, okay. Yeah help win friends and influence people atomic habits where are we going
1: next third third it's a combination of, uh, of two because there's there's really two modes of thought here. One is if you want to go down a motivational route, uh, book Can't Hurt Me by, by David Goggins is just one of those books that just kicks you in the ass, right? This dude, <laughs> if you've heard him on the Joe Rogan podcast or if you've heard his audio book, like he is just that raw motherfucker that's, you know, fuck this, fuck that come on, stay hard, stay hard. And you're listening to this guy and you're like, you're, you don't even realize, but your fists are clenched and you're like, you're, your jaws clenched, and you're like, "Yeah, like you're about yeah. to to rip off some flesh." Where you- teeth. But that's just one of those motivational books where you, you listen to someone's story and you can really understand how far the, the human potential can take and just based off of your own mental limitations, right? So if you can uh, distill someone's personal journey just based off of pushing those boundaries, it starts to open up your eyes as to, you know, maybe I'm being a little bit of bitch in, in this this area of my life or, you know, maybe I gave up a little bit easier there. So it's, it's those types of motivational stories that I actually made a post about it on my Instagram yesterday about Goggins has this unique capability of calling out your bullshit while motivating you at the same time. And I think it's those types of books that keep you accountable um, to look yourself in the mirror. Like he uses the accountability mirror, right? He emphasizes that, just making sure that you're doing everything that you can day in and day out to to push that potential. But the second book, and this is a little bit away from from that motivational, um, is to Cal Newport, like you were saying about um, digital minimalism. Uh, One of my favorite books... Um, especially right now, given the the state of the world, the state of the events, is deep work. Right? And if, if you are a, a creative, if you are an entrepreneur, if you are doing anything where you want your work to speak for itself, I think it's never been more important than it is right now to set aside some time where you are uninterrupted, where you can take long periods of time to focus on your work at hand. And I think uh, Cal Newport does a great job at outlining why deep work Given the state of events right now, is is one of the most important skills that you can you can work on.
0: It's a it's a, a term all of its own now, right? You know, yeah. like people talk about doing deep work, right? And it's a reference to him. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's an antithesis. It is the uh, it's the antidote to the the um, always on million projects, million tabs open at once mm-hmm. catastrophe that we find ourselves in. Okay, so we've got we've got our foundation for self-development this is we're in we're in the door now and why don't we do some books that you think people may not have either heard of or not read some undiscovered gems still staying in the self-development space and then we'll go into more like a biography and then maybe a fiction a couple of fictions as well
1: sure so if we want to Start with a book that's a little bit under the radar that is equally as important when it comes to personal development and self-help. It's a book by James Allen called As a Man Thinketh. It's uh, a very simple read. I think it's it's no more than 150 pages. But the basis of that is it's very similar to Napoleon's Hill, uh, you know, Concept about thinking good thoughts and making sure that you're you're proactive about the way that you're thinking, right? Using thinking as as a model for success, and it's similar to to Marcus Aurelius, right? When he when he says, "Control your thoughts, control your life." The basis of this book, um, as a man thinketh, is just being very proactive about your thoughts as an entity, right? So if you go about your day um, being very pessimistic, very cautious, uh, you know, being overall doom and gloom, right? Like that's going to manifest itself. In, in your actions and the way that you pursue your, your ambitions in life. But if you're overall optimistic, if you're overall energetic, and if you believe in yourself, if you tell yourself and you're constantly reminding yourself that you're capable of doing powerful things, and this is just based off of having that initial thought process that you can, it's just something that you can constantly use to cultivate a lot of that positive energy in your life. And I think one of the key takeaways and the key quotes that I got from that is he compares your mind to a garden. Right, and if you're constantly cultivating your mind in a way that you're, you're you're cultivating a lot of good thoughts, it's going it's going to yield a lot of positive things, right? It's going to yield a, a, a bountiful uh, fruit or vegetables, things that's going to be nourishing to your life. Whereas if you're if you're neglecting your thoughts, if you're neglecting your mind, similar to a garden, it's going to yield a lot of weeds, you know, a lot of things that are going to clutter your vision, right? So I think it's very important to be very proactive about how you think. Because that in itself manifests in, into your life.
0: Yeah, and also not a very nice place to be—an ugly garden, as I, as my garden, youth four years ago. <laughs> now it's beautiful. I have got flower wall and everything. But um, yeah, tend to tend to your garden. What's next? What else we got? Non- <laughs> Let's go another sort of under, underknown, underrated self development.
1: Um, actually, an interesting book that um, you may know well aware of as Economy of the Truth by uh, Andre. Yeah, uh, have you got the I'm, second I'm,
0: version? Have you got the new version?
1: I, ha- I haven't got the the new oh, version fizzy. yet.
0: Busy? What are you doing, man? So he's done an expanded, an expanded version. I have a couple of copies over there. Um, that's literally just now. I don't think he can get it to himself. So he's in Romania, and okay. um, like Amazon isn't delivering his own book to him. So oh, he come on. he sent it to me and he was like, "Yo, bro, can you just have a go through and see if there's any printing errors <laughs> and stuff like that?" Which is so hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, no worries. Um, but yeah, economy of truth by Vizzy. Tell us, tell us about
1: it. yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's another one of those books. And we were talking about this earlier in the conversation about distilling wisdom into that bite sized manageable format and content. And I think Vizzy is someone who I interacted mainly off of my Instagram page that like, he hit me up. Um, I had actually been following him on my personal account for, for almost a year before I started my page and he had reached out to me. So I was almost a little like starstruck. star-struck. I'm like, shit, Vizzy's reaching out to me. I made it. Uh, but it's just one of those books that's, it's just parsed down wisdom. Um, it's, it, it covers everything from, from philosophy and just just daily um, personal development. It's just one of those books that's easy to consume, but at the same time gets you to think. And yeah. I think at the end of the day, if, if you can read a book that actually creates an opportunity to pause and think, I think you're on something good there.
0: It's a unique type of book. It's short yeah. aphorisms. You could pick it up and put yes. it down in a page. Right. Uh, as long as you gave yourself three or four minutes to think about what was on that page and how it relates to your life, it's a very unique way of reading. And as we mentioned earlier on, much more active, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So okay, let's get into perhaps some more, not necessarily personal development, but still nonfiction. Uh, just some either some favorites, some unknown ones, whatever you think.
1: Yeah. So there's there's a, a recent trend that I've been encountering. It's the the, the memoir type of book where it's it's an individual who's not writing about their whole life story, but more so just like a very specific uh, focus and experience that happened in the course of their life. And one of the books that I just encountered, Memoir Style, was uh, Educated by Tara Westover. It was Uh, a phenomenal story and it was just based off of this, this girl who grew up in bumfuck Idaho, Mm -hmm. right? this was, this was a recent story, true story too. Um, She was part of a family that was deeply religious, but also fiercely separatist. So her father was one of those guys that says, you know, school is, is the devil school, the government, Illuminati, like distrust everything. So she came from a family that was very rarely homeschooled. No, no formal education but she got to a point in her adolescence where she said, you know, I wanna to go to school. And the book was all about her trajectory from basically being having no education to getting into BYU, getting honors, going to grad school, getting her doctorate from Harvard University. And this transition from having no education to having the most education, uh, some of the key tenants there are, are all about your identity, right, like, who, how do you see yourself uh, throughout the course of your transition, your adolescence and through the course of your life. And for her, you know her family always harped on having an education as something that was uh, you know untrustworthy. right? Like, oh, you're you're one of them. You're one of those educated folks. And it's one of those books where you have this identity of who who you think you are and how you see yourself, but also in relation to your closest you know friends and and family, right? So um, how does my family perceive me? How does that affect how I see myself? But it's also about just having the confidence in your own identity to say hey this may piss people off this may rub people the wrong way but i have enough convictions in myself that this is who i truly am regardless of the consequences so uh, i can't recommend that one enough it's one of those those page turners where you come across an author who's just a fantastic writer and storyteller so uh educated tara westover highly recommend it amazing what's next uh shoe dog for for those who who have followed my page, you know, obviously I do a lot of personal development, uh, you know, business type books. But Shoe Dog falls into one of those books that is just one of an uh, absolute page turners. So if anyone who has not read Shoe Dog, it's a personal memoir by Phil Knight, who was the uh, founder of a little company called Nike, right? And it goes through his his uh, upbringing from how he was a a local track star in, in Oregon to to how he started this fledgling company into a you know multi billion dollar enterprise. Right. And that, in itself, is an interesting story. But if we talk about what makes a book interesting and what really gravitates you it's it's that writing style and phil knight has one of those unique writing styles where it's it's almost like a it's like a vapor right it's like he's he's going off in every single direction but it's so eloquent in the essence where you can get what he's saying but there's so much style and charisma to to the way that he writes so shoe dog definitely add that one to your list too
0: i love it and then one that might be a little bit less well known from that similar sort of genre before we do a bit of fiction
1: Yeah. One, one thing that I would also add to that list, it's, it's another recent book similar to that vein about business and and personal memoirs was, uh, the ride of a lifetime by Bob Iger, who was, uh, actually just recently stepped down as the CEO and chairman of Disney, right? So one of these business Titans that talks a lot about his, his upbringing. And this is an interesting point. When you read a lot of these, these business and, and memoir type books, you see a lot of commonalities. You see, a lot of similarities between these people who have so much success and uh right of a lifetime is one of those books where these guys just have an insatiable work ethic they have the confidence they have the vision but they also have the wherewithal when they come across failures and they come across life just just kicking them down a peg having a lot of confidence in yourself to to dr- dust yourself off and, and keep going so right of a lifetime bob eiger rise of uh, of disney as a company definitely a, a great read too
0: that's sick and now finishing up couple of fiction books we've got our daytime reads sorted we maybe got a couple of nighttime reads as well um what are some some fiction books that you uh that you've read recently that you've enjoyed
1: so there's there's one fiction book that i will always recommend and this one was was given to me by an old colleague of mine was a book called watership down uh, i'm not sure if you're familiar with that it's um it's <laughs> it's a story about rabbits okay right so so yeah so it's a it's a book about how a flock of rabbits was displaced due to deforestation and, and their trek across uncharted land, right? And you're thinking, okay, a book about rabbits, how is that relevant? But I think it talks a lot about key tenets of, of camaraderie, um, shared mission, uh, courage, right? A lot of these key tenets uh, virtues that you, you like to see in the hero's journey, right? Um, and it's seeing it uh, unveiled in these cute Cuddly rabbits and and the the constant threat of predators like foxes and and uh, you know great great horned owls right the things that you you don't see as, as a predator but for you look in the perspective of a rabbit you think holy shit you know life as a rabbit's pretty hard these days uh, but it's it's just one of those it's again one of those stories that's very easy to follow along but at the same time like you get some uh, some inspiration and personal reflection from from reading about rabbits
0: I like the idea of using fiction as a way to uh, learn lessons that yeah. that some personal development books can't teach us. I always use the yep. example about 1984 that it taught me more about appreciating the power of my thoughts than pretty much any other self development book could have done, mm-hmm. um, because it's delivered in this like this allegorical, allegorical, weird sort of symbolic way. You know, it's a it's an odd one. But look, man, Jim, it has been so fun. Um, I implore everybody to go and check out at get better with books on that's it instagram when's the youtube channel going to be live when and is that get better with books as well
1: that's also get better with books yeah um i got my microphone being shipped from amazon.com this weekend so i plan on filming editing and posting my first video this weekend Um, so yeah after that so it will
0: be in the show notes below anything else that you want to plug any other things people should go and check out of yours
1: no that's it right now just just got the instagram handle get the youtube coming out so working on and just keep creating good content and uh, appreciate everybody for for the time and the attention
0: bro it's it's an absolute pleasure you need to go and check this out i also have to give a shout out to how patient you are to align books perfectly straight <laughs> like the ability to put books in completely neat lines with all the gaps being exactly the same way is just
1: uh you know that's a, a little bit OCD, little bit OCD, but at the same time, got to put good content out there. IG is very competitive, so take the time to to post good pics, baby.
0: Yeah, I get it, man. Look, Jim, thank you so much, everyone that's been listening. um, All of the books that we've just gone through will be linked below in the show notes, every single one of them. So you think I'm going to go check that out, all linked in the show notes below. You need to go and give Jim a follow at Get Better With Books. But for now, thanks, man. Thank you so much.
1: Likewise, Chris. Good chatting with you. Be well.